excited to share with you this morning. How are you all doing? You guys doing okay? <laughs> Hope you had a wonderful uh, New Year's uh, Eve and a New Year's. Um, God is God is so good, and uh, you know we're we are back open, so let people know. And uh, we have our services at 9.30 and 11.15. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, we had a few people get baptized, actually six people get baptized on New Year's Eve. And uh, it, was, it was really, really wonderful. It's one of those special moments as they uh, make that decision. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I love Jesus. And I want the whole world to know. And so it's this public plot proclamation, declaration of their faith. And so um, if you're here this morning and you made a decision to, to get baptized, we just want you to stand and give you a round of applause. So can you stand really quick? And, and we just want to clap for you if you got water baptized. There's a few of you here. I see you right here. And, yeah, and, and you over there. Thank you so much. And so we are so proud of you and uh, the proud of the decision you made. And the best is yet to come. And so, uh, man, we're excited for that. Well, welcome to our very first Sunday of 2022, and there's no better place than to begin in the house of God, worshiping the Lord with your church family and, and hearing the word of God. Listen, I, I, I like to remind us all of, of this one simple truth that we are, we are not just consumers that come here to, you know, to, to get our worship on for our reasons and to come hear a word and then we're out, but we, we are a family. We are a family. Um, you may have some people that are sitting around you that are blood family, but all of us together, we are blood-bought family through Jesus, right? We are, we are a church family. God has called us to do life together. What's happening in the people across this room matters, and, and this is the best way. We're starting church together for 2022, and so we're excited for that. Um, listen, we're going to jump into the Word, um, but last year we had some highs. We had some lows through this pandemic but God has seen us through it all. And so I want to take a moment to pray, and we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. And thank you for everything that you did last year. But God, we, we're ready to march into this new season. And we pray, God, that your word would minister to us and strengthen us and prepare us for what you have. Oh, Father, would you have your way? Thank you, Lord, for your people, Lord, that are here with us, those watching, Lord. Would you minister, would you strengthen, and would you encourage? God, you're not done in us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All right. Well, um, while I can spend a whole lot of time talking about the ministry opportunities and how we impacted the community and the different projects and how we served people, this morning I want to take a little bit of time talking about how to start this year strong. How to, how, how to walk strong with the Lord. And we're going to do that by beginning to look at what God has already said to us. His word is powerful. You see, we don't step into this new season empty-handed. We are stepping into this new year with what God has already been doing in our life. God has already been speaking to us and preparing us. So we're going to take a look at what God has said last year. Why last year? Because in last year, God was preparing us for this year. The question is, what was God teaching us last year? The question is, how was God strengthening us last year so that we step into this year, not empty-handed, but ready to take on whatever life brings, whatever will come our way? 
You see, we have the opportunity to start this year stronger than any year before. And that's through our church-wide fast. I'm so excited about that and everything that we're doing. If you're not signed up for a fast yet, sign up. You could do a week, two weeks, a month, or fast with our pastors for three months. But there's so much power in that. But we have the opportunity to start this year stronger than any year before through our fast, but also in being aware of how God has prepared us for this year. And so this morning, I have three videos that I want to share with you. And they take a look at what God has been doing. They are from the major message series that we did last year. They are about four minutes each, and each one of them, let them be a blessing to you as we're going to continue on and prepare for what God has. So um, as we get into this first one, I want to remind you that at the beginning of 2021, we shared a message that God was leading us to speak, and it was centered around understanding how each and every one of us has a call from God. Each of us is important in the kingdom of God. Each of us, when we come together, we become part of something bigger than ourselves, and we honor the Lord in that. But the biggest challenge is this. The biggest challenge is believing that we fit in. The biggest challenge is, is understanding that we have a place. The biggest challenge is, is understanding that why would God choose us? And I think sometimes that's the thing. Where we look at ourselves and we say, God, I've been too far removed. God, I got too much baggage. God, I got too much going on. And God, why would you choose me? God, why would I have the opportunity? God, how do I fit into all of this? Listen, I want you to understand that you are important to the kingdom of God. You are valuable. God sees you, and God's called you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And your gifts, or maybe you're just trying to figure out what those are, but your gifts play perfect part in what God is doing. So I want you to check out this first video, and, uh, and I'll be right back with you. Check out this first video. I asked you, and I'll ask you again, who wants what God has for them? Listen, let me get started this way. Have you ever waited in a really long line waiting for your name to be called and wondering if they forgot about you? Anybody who's been in just a really long, long line wondering? Maybe it was at the DMV and you got that number because you didn't make an appointment. Hello? And you're there and then you saw the number skip over and you thought, what about you? Or you're on the phone and they got that elevator music playing. You're wondering if anyone's going to pick up the phone. Or you chose the callback option and you're still waiting for the call. Or you're in that Chick-fil-A line. Come on, somebody. I like Chick-fil-A. Got two lines kind of merge into one. Or my wife and I at Costco at the beginning of the pandemic trying to get some toilet paper. Hey, we've been in some long lines. <laughs> Listen, let me, let me, let me re-say it. Let me, let me say it this way. I have always loved playing pickup basketball. I loved it. You know, just playing, just... Some of you know, some of you know, I've really, really always enjoyed it. It's, it's, there's something about it that I, I've always just enjoyed. And, and you'd probably look at me and say, wow, yeah, he's pretty good. I bet you he's great. He could try out for the Sacramento Kings. He's probably really good. However, <laughs> however, I've had my fair share of being the odd guy out, not picked or picked last because of no choice. Listen, brother, we, we got nobody else. Why don't you? You've seen that movie, White Man Can't Jump? Listen. <laughs> there was one time, and I was on the court, and it was out there, and 
we were going to play, uh, you know, pick up basketball. I was out there, and, you know, I'm just kind of thinking I'm going to play on the other court, maybe shoot around a little bit. And, you know, there's guys running. They're playing. They're playing. And then they're going to pick teams. And one of the guys, he picks me, and he picks me first. And I was like, me? Me? He's like, yeah, you over here with me. And I was like, I said, confidently. I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it then. We're going we're gonna to run these guys. Because I was just going to shoot around over there. Maybe somebody picks me later. What I want to say to you is this, because maybe you have a story like that. The point I want to make is this, is there may be times when you hear your name and you're like, it's about time. It's about time that it's my turn. It's about time that I receive my blessing. It's about time that I get some recognition. It's about time somebody puts some respect on my name. It's about time I get recognized. And then maybe there are times when you hear your name and you're like, are you sure you got the right person? Because I'm not sure I deserve that. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. I'm not sure I can do that. I'm not sure I'm, I'm qualified for that. But what I want to tell you all here this morning is this. Is that the God of the universe is picking you. The God of the universe is calling you. The God of the universe says, I want you. And maybe it's not because you've been waiting for him. Maybe it's, it, 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 it's because you didn't ever think that he would call you. But today as we kick off this series, The Call, and we look at the life of Peter, God is telling Peter, listen Peter, I want you. I want you. And I know that maybe there's some Peters watching today because I think we all got a little bit of Peter inside of us. And I want to say this message is for you today. And maybe you're watching right now, and some of you, God is calling you to just to turn the whole thing around. You've been in sin. You've been doing the wrong thing. God is calling you just to, just to turn it around. And others of you, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for some time, but you've been on the bench, and you haven't really been in the game. And God is calling you, listen, dust them off and step into the things that I have for you. Trust me because I'm good and faithful in your life, and I desire the best for your life. Amen. Amen. And we're talking about starting this year strong. And when we're going to go into anything and we're starting in strong, it's so important to understand what God has already said. See, if you go into something strong, you've been preparing for it. And the thing is, I want you to understand that God's been preparing you. So what did he say? What has God said to us? This is the first thing I want you to get. Number one, God made you with no mistakes to live your best life serving him. God made you with no mistakes to live your best life serving him. You see, God desires the best for your life. God's not up in heaven with all the blessings and saying, let me hold them all back. I'm not going to give them nothing. That's not God. God is looking to bless your life. God wants to see you step into that. God wants to provide. He wants to heal. He wants to move in your life in these ways. This is God's desire. He sees you. He sees you. No matter how far you feel like I'm so far away, you got to know before you leave today that God made you. Uniquely as you are, he has gifted you. He knows what you've been through. He knows how many times you've fallen. He knows how it's hurt, how it's stressed you, how it's overwhelmed you. He's also gifted you. I want you to know this. His call in your life is irrevocable. 
That means that no matter how far you've strayed or what you've been through, God still wants to work in your life. God still wants to give you that opportunity. God still wants to open the door for you. God wants you to walk through it and to trust Him. You see, you were made perfectly to fit within the local church and to use your gifts for God's glory. See, if you haven't turned it around, it's not too late. If you haven't fully let God into your life, it's not too late. If you've held back from God, it is not too late. He loves you and he sees you. He sees what you've been through. Listen, maybe along the way, in your journey of faith, somebody spoke a word to you and it hit to the core of you and it was a negative word and it hurt you. It caused you to see yourself in a negative light. It caused you just to, to doubt yourself, to doubt God, to, to, to doubt ev everything around you. It caused you to react to others in a negative way. And it seems like your relationships got messed up and off balance and off rhythm. It, that word just kind of hit you and you've always carried it. And it's been there and it's happened in your life. Listen, I want to say this. Words have power. They have power. Right? They have power to speak life and they have power to tear down and to chop up and to destroy. And last year, God really challenged our church in our Lago series to pay closer attention to our words, to pay closer attention to, to how our, what our tongue says, to what we say to people, to what we say to ourselves. It's very specifically to the next generation and to those who are newer in the faith. What would it be like if we had a, a, the next generation serving God from a young age because we've been pouring into them and pouring into them, and when society and culture wants to come and destroy them, they can't because we got young people who are rooted in the things of God. See, our words have power. Listen, I want you to check out this quick clip here from our Lago series, and uh, I'll be right back. Check this out. And so David's dealing with all of this. Can you imagine this? He's got, he's got negative words from his family. He's got negative words from the guy who's supposed to be in charge. And he's got negative words from the enemy. And he's dealing with all of this. And we wonder and we question, will negative words, do they have power to affect our decisions? Do they have power to affect how we'll encounter that next person? You see, what we've been talking about over the course of this message series, Lagos, is we've been talking about the words that are released and the word of God. Our central passage has been Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, which says this. Can we read this together on the count of three? Can we read this? One, two, and three. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life. Death and life. There's death in this thing, and there's life. It has power. It, has, it, it can speak, and it can tear someone. It can cut someone up, or it can lift them up. It can place them in position to do well, to succeed, to seek after God, to have hope and faith that God will do it, or it can cause somebody to turn around and run the other way from God. To go into mistakes and go into depression and go into sin and do the wrong things. This, this tongue has power for death and for life. In the course of this series, we've been talking about how to encourage yourself with the word. We've been talking about the power and the effectiveness of our words and what happens when, when they are released. 
just recently, um, you know, my, my wife and I, we let our kids play in the front yard and, and they've been playing and they got a couple of neighbors' kids that they've been playing with and then, you know, just kind of having a good time and they've been, this kind of this pandemic, they've been together. And there's this new kid that joined them recently and he's from across the street and um, he's seven years old and, um, you know, he comes up to them and he just, he wants to start playing. And so we, you know, we kind of checking him out a little bit and he's talking and so the kids go out to play. And the kids come back and say, well, you know, this kid says bad words. And so we're like, okay, you know what? You know, my, my, my daughter's seven, two. She's in first grade. And, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, well, well, what is this, well, what did he say? And so one of the other kids comes up and says, well, I can't say it, but he said the F word. And I thought, he's seven years old. He said, okay. Well, well what exactly did he say? He said, well, well he said, well, well, F and my dad is going to kill me. And I thought to myself, he's seven. Why is he saying that? We've been in the middle of a pandemic, so he hasn't been around a lot of people. Anytime I'm around other people and I see them use some foul language, I'll say something like, hey, my, my kids are here. Can you, you just protect their ears? You know, you know, something like that. But I think about where this kid has been over the last year from six to seven and what's happened in his life and what has he heard? What's been available to him? What has he seen and what has he heard that he needs to come to the place where he says, F, my dad is going to kill me. What's happened in his, in his life? You see, when the Bible says there is death and life in the power of the tongue, I want you to understand some perspective here. You see, when we speak positive to someone it gives them this confidence to go further. It gives them hope in God. It, it gives them an example of how to speak to others. But when we speak negative to someone, it chips away at that confidence. It chips away at that. It causes them to doubt God. And it gives them an example of how to speak to others. For example, have you ever seen somebody who has been mistreated or a negative word was spoken over their life and then they turn around and went and treated somebody else poorly? Maybe you've seen that. Mama wanted to come to daddy. But we see that happen. We'll see someone be mistreated and, and, and speak, spoken to poorly. And then in the next moment, they turn around and they, 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 they speak out against somebody else. And we'll watch, hey, why do they behave that way? Why do they act that way? Why are they so full of anger and, and all these negative feelings? But where did it come from? Where did it come from? Mama, are you ready to go back to mommy? No. <laughs> Sorry, I made that worse. <laughs> I made that worse. Our words have great significance, especially with the next generation especially with the young person who's new in the faith. Our words have power. And the next generation, their ears are listening. It's, they're, they're paying attention. The world is full of with, it, with media and music and videos and movies. There's, there's so much in there that is trying to feed them and feed them and feed them. But what will they hear from us? What will they get from us? How will we lift them up? How will we pour into them? Listen, whatever has happened has happened, but what will we do going forward? As we're talking about starting this year strong and starting it in the Lord, we're in the house of God and we're in the word of God. What has God been doing to prepare us for this moment?
Listen, this also includes those who are newer in the faith. Listen, I, I can't tell you as a church body, as a family, it matters that we come alongside those who've made a decision for Jesus. Listen, if they've recently made that decision, we have to protect them. We have to pour into them. We have to speak life in them because they've just made a decision to step in and the devil wants to pull them out. Oh, you think you're done? You made a decision for Jesus? Let me pull you right back. The enemy is looking to do that. You have to speak life into them. Listen, they could be 85 years old and they could be a, a, a new Christian. No matter where they're at, we speak life, understanding that the enemy wants to attack them. So what did he say? What did God say? What, is, what did he say to prepare us for 2022? Number two, to build up the next generation by looking by looking for daily opportunities to speak life into them, looking for that opportunity. Listen, here's what I want you to understand. People do not wear signs on their foreheads describing their feelings based on the conversation we just had with them. Could you imagine something? You just had a conversation with somebody and you were talking and all of a sudden a sign popped up on their head and this is how they're feeling based on the words you just spoke to them. Right, that, that's not what happens. What does happen is that people begin to formulate ideas and feelings and emotions based on the conversation, and they walk away with that. They think about their future. They think about their situation, and they, and they may not tell you it's not written on their forehead, but they're feeling some type of way after their encounter with you, whether good or bad. And it all begins with our words. The next generation needs us to speak life into them included those who are young in the faith. We speak life. You see, our walk with the Lord should be the most valuable and the most protected relationship in our life. Above everything else, this relationship should be guarded and guided above everything else, that nothing should be able to hinder it or penetrate it. Why? Because from that relationship, comes everything else good in your life. Every blessing, you're hoping that this relationship will work out. Yes, God wants you to work on this, and he says, I got you. You're hoping that your kids will grow in the Lord. Yeah, God says that work on this relationship, and he's got you. You're, you're hoping that that open door will happen, that the finances will happen, that that healing will happen. God says, I want you to, to work on this. It should be the most valuable and guarded relationship in our lives. Because you have to understand this, while every good thing comes from it, the way the book of James tells us, at the same time, it's also the most attacked relationship in your life. You think, well, man, my marriage has been attacked and I got all these things going on. Yeah, but it's because he's attacked this first. Because he understands that if, I, if he can attack this, if he can throw this relationship off rhythm, off balance, then everything else will begin to hurt and hinder around you. He says, listen, listen, if I, listen, they made a decision for Jesus, but if I can throw that off, if I can get them to stop praying, if I can get them to stop reading the word, if I can get them to stop going to church, stop serving, stop being about it, stop, if I can get them off balance, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, I do what I do, you know, I, I, you know, I go sometimes, I, yeah, if I can get them to do, to mess this up, then everything around them begins to fall apart. Your source, your strength, your, 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 the good things that God, it, it flows from here. 
And then that relationship works out. Then that open door happens. Then, then these other things begin to take place in your life. And God's like, listen, I got you, child. I got you. I, I'm, I'm going to work it out. But this, on your knees before the Lord, seeking him in his word, needs to be your source, needs to be your, your strength. Needs to be your strength. Listen, Satan needs to know that we are not pushovers. Satan needs to know that he cannot step on us. He can't just come and, and step into our life and do what he wants. No, Satan, get behind me. Back up. I got no room for you. I got no time for you. Get away from me, Satan. I, I, I don't have room for that in my life. He needs to know that we're not pushovers. He cannot step in, step on us. Listen, I want you to check out this clip from our Bold series. Check this out. You see, Satan has had power over God's people for far too long. And so prophetically speaking, in the name of Jesus, we break those chains. I speak freedom over the captive and healing over the hurt and sight over the blind. All in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. But family, we're going to have to be bold. Bold. You see, if your struggle was right here on this table and it was right there, very nice and neat, and nobody was looking, the lights were off and there was just a light shining right there, would you be able to walk away from it? If it was right there and nobody's looking, everybody was turning the other direction or nobody was here and, and it was right there, what would you do? What, what would happen? You see, today we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture where we see a man who had everything available to him. He, if he wanted it, he can have it. No pleasures in this world were denied to him. But he turned it all down to follow God. Now, some think he's crazy. Some think he's insane. How could you have everything you could possibly want in this life and walk away from it? You see, his name was Moses. His original story can be found in the book of Exodus, but today we're going to take a look at what the book of Hebrews says in the New Testament. The Bible says this in Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 27. It says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You see, Moses could have had any physical pleasure that you could imagine, anything. I mean, uh, uh, riches, uh, you know, the wives, women, uh, you know, mansions and servants and camels, anything. He could have had anything that you could possibly imagine. In fact, he had it all. What do you mean? He could have had anything? Imagine the temptation in front of him. How do you give that up? How do you walk away from that? It's all there. You're in it. You're surrounded by it. You enjoy it. It's, it's part of your life. How do you walk away from that? What would you do? See, the truth is the devil knows exactly how to get us. In our moments that are most vulnerable, 
had our moments that, that, that it just feels like this is the right thing to do. He'll put it right in front of you because he wants to see you fall into it over and over again. So the question for each and every one of us this morning is, how do I tell Satan to get behind me? How do I tell Satan to get behind me? Listen, the first thing is this, is I must make a choice. I must make a choice. See, making a choice doesn't mean we got it all figured out. Making a choice simply means I know what I want. I know the end result. This is what I'd like to have in my life. This is what I'd like to have. It doesn't mean that you all figured out. It knows it means that I want to be right with God. Make a choice. We're stepping into this new year, into this brand new season. What's happened is happened, but as we step in, what did he say? What did God say that we're carrying with us? We're stepping in not with, with empty hands. We're stepping in with God's word. What did he say? Number three, decide what you want and let it be clear with both God and Satan. Decide what you want and let it be clear with both God and Satan. You know, athletes, they're all the time there as they, they train and they prepare to go about and do what they're going to do. They, you know, they, they always train athletes with an understanding of your why. Write it down, put it on a sign, put it in front of you. That day that you don't feel like getting up and you don't feel like working out and you don't feel like putting the work in, remember your why. That why will keep you focused. That why will keep you getting up and keep going and keep focusing and keep doing what you need to do when you have that, when you have your why in mind. It'll, it'll keep you motivated. And so we must decide what we want and let it be clear with both God and Satan. In other words, we say, God, God, I'm all yours. God, I'm all in. God, I want your blessing. God, if you're in it, then, then I want to be in it. God, if, if that's your open door, then I want to walk through it. God, I want to serve you. I want to pray. God, I want to I, I worship you. I want to be in your word. God, I want my life to mean something for you. I want to hear those words one day. Good job, good and faithful servants. That's what I want. God, my desire is to worship you. My desire is to honor you. And God, I know that I've been struggling with that particular area and it's been bothering me and I know it's there. God, but I want those chains broken. Chains broken begin with making a decision to know what I want. And I tell God, God, I want to honor you above everything else. At the same time, I tell Satan, get behind me. I'm done with you. I want to have nothing to do with you. Get out of my family. Get out of my home. Get out of my dreams. Get out of my, the, the reflection I see in the mirror. I don't want to have nothing. Listen, listen, Satan. You have no place in my family. You have no place in my life. Stop whispering your lies. I don't want to hear them anymore. I don't want to hear them. And so I decide what I want and I communicate it. Let that drive you forward. Let that drive you into this next year. You see, a strong 2022 begins with knowing what you want. Listen, you may have heard it said, it's not how you start, but it's how you finish. And there's a lot of truth to that. There, there, there is, right? You, 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 you know, you, you could have stumbled and made all kinds of mistakes and then, and then at the end... You, you made a decision for Jesus, right? I, I talk with people on their deathbeds and they don't live their whole life for Jesus, but they make a decision at the end and, and God accepts them. 
But I also know a whole lot of other people that would rather start strong, stay strong, and finish strong. Listen, there are blessings when you, when you finish strong, but there are a whole lot of other blessings when you start strong, stay strong, and finish strong. God says, listen, you endured the temptations. You endured the tough times. You stayed faithful. Everybody else fell off, but you stayed faithful to who I am. You stayed faithful to my word. You stayed the course. The enemy was coming. The enemy was attacking. He put the temptation. He wrapped it in a nice bow for you, and you didn't pick it up. You said, I'm going to be about the things of the Lord. Listen, you don't agree. I'm sorry. I'm going to be about the Lord. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to choose him. Listen, is it, is it going to be this or is it going to be, I'm going to choose the Lord. I, I'm going to be dedicated to him. My heart is his. My mind is his. My, my, my gifts are his. And so I communicate that to the Lord. I stay strong. I stay strong. Listen, we have the opportunity to start this year stronger than any year before. And we're beginning with a church-wide fast. It's going to be a wonderful, we're fasting. We're asking God for these four areas. We're, we're believing him. There's something beautiful about fasting before the Lord. It's not easy. It's not easy, but we do this. And we give to the Lord in this, in this way. In the book of Ezra, chapter 8, and in verse 23, and I think you, you, you may have gotten this fasting card, and if you didn't get it, we, we'd love to give you one after the service, but... On this card, I put on there Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, and I want to explain a little bit of that to you. It says, it says, so we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. This is Ezra. He's explaining this. He's talking with the people. He led the people in a fast to ask God's blessing. They were a people that were traveling from one season of captivity into a new season of a fresh start to go back into their homeland. Listen, this is what was happening. The people of God, God had always been with them and he, they had always had this relationship but their hearts went far from God. And God gave them chance after chance after chance after chance to say, listen, would you, God, would you forgive us? We just, we want to be right with you. And the people refused. The people were a hot mess all over the place. And so God decided, well, listen, listen, if you're not getting it, I have to discipline you. And God reminds us in his word that God disciplines, he corrects those he loves. If God didn't love you, he would leave you in your mess and leave you over there to die in the corner. God, he wouldn't care about you, but God cares. So he disciplined the people. After so many chances, he disciplines them. And, 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 and so they're, they're in this place, and they're coming out of it, and God's like, okay, listen, it's time to come back home. It's time to rebuild the city and rebuild the walls and rebuild the, 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 the sanctuary and, and the temple of God and all these things. And, and so they're on their way, journey home. And Ezra, Ezra says, listen, we're, we're on this way. We're going to make this journey, but we need to fast before the Lord. He led the people in a fast so that they would have God's blessing in their life. You see, we are also asking the Lord for his blessing. And fasting, it, fasting at the beginning shows our desire for God's blessing as we step into the new season. It shows that we are putting God first, that we are giving to God first. In the beginning of the Bible, there's a story about Cain and Abel, two brothers, and it was that time of the year to give God the first fruits, to give God the best of what they've earned. 
And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 4 and verses 2 through 5. It says this, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. You see, one gave God the, the fat portions, one gave God the best, and one gave God, well, he gave God what was left over. He, he gave God what he thought he could spare. One gave God, here God, here's the, here's the first fruits of the best I have to offer. And one said, God, hey, I, I, this is what I got left over here. Let, let me hook you up with something. Like, he, he gave God with that type of thinking, with that type of, uh, of mentality. You know, I love the rest of this passage, and you'll have to check it out here on, the rest, uh, on, on your own time. But in Genesis chapter 4, as, as God he gives another chance. He approaches Cain. He says, listen, son, you didn't show up with the right thing. You, you, you didn't. You, you, you didn't give me right. Am, am, am I not your healer? Am I not your provider? Am I not the one that opens doors in your life? Am I not the one that sustains you? Am I not your creator? Am I not your source? Am I not your everything? Okay, son, I'm going to give you a chance to do the right thing. You read this in the rest of Genesis chapter 4. He says, listen, son, do the right thing and we're good. Like, we are good. But if you don't, you're going to have my discipline. You're going to have my correction. But you have the chance to do the right thing. As we're stepping into this new year, we're stepping into 22, we have the opportunity to just to start off and give God our best, to stay strong, to start strong, stay strong, and finish strong. Listen, now we can look at this passage and we say, hey, you know, this, this applies to financial giving and, and, and that type of thing. That's not what we're talking about today. And I do plan to share a message on that because our church has become so amazingly generous and faithful that I want you to know the, the benefits and the blessings described in scripture. But today our focus is starting and giving God our best. And we, so we start this year in fasting and worship, believing God for the best year yet. And so listen, as we begin this fast, and I want you to understand the benefits of fasting. And, and, and there's more to it. Listen, you say, well, okay, well, we're fasting for more of the presence of God, a strong year serving God, these five names and 95817. But, but what are the benefits of you practicing fasting in your life? Listen, I want to invite Pastor Rodrigo up here to, to share a few, um, a few points here with, on fasting. So would you help me welcome him? Could you help me? Absolutely. Super excited for this year's fast. Sorry. I know God is doing great things, and I know he's going to do great things. And there's so much momentum for this fast. And so I pray and I encourage you to join us to join us with this fast. And if you've done it before, do it again. If you've done it for a short time, uh, do it longer. And I encourage you, and I, I pray that God will bless you this year. And I know that he has great things in store for us. Amen. Yes. But, yeah, one of the benefits of fasting, I mean, there's many, many benefits. For, I mean, first of all, in our bodies and in our spirit. 
But one of the benefits is that. So you're saying they should weigh themselves at the beginning and then. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, there's so many benefits in in our health, and and just it's it's amazing everything that happens when we fast, in the spiritual and in the physical. But the first thing, the one of the most important benefits is that it just draws us closer to God. That's right. Period. I mean, when we fast, we're making a commitment. We're making an effort. We're putting God first in our lives. And it just draws us closer to God. And we are humbling ourselves before the Lord. And the Bible says that if we humble ourselves and we call on Him, that He will hear our prayers. He will heal our land. And so we are basically consecrating ourselves, setting ourselves apart for God to be close to us. Yeah. And so that's a big, big Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. You know, it's that uh, there's nothing like, say, my heart's desires, I want to be close to God. I, I want to be closer to him. There's nothing like fasting that'll take you to that place because it's that special tool that that allows us to enter deeper into us our, uh, into uh, his presence. And so that's so huge. Thank you. Yeah. Number one, that's great. Draws Another thing that it does is that it just gives power to our prayers. Yeah. And many, many times in the Bible, people fasted and they prayed and they sought God move in mighty and powerful ways. And so maybe when we're facing unanswered prayers, let's throw fasting in the mix. Let's make it a commitment Absolutely. to pray and fast like never before, especially nowadays in the times that we're leaving. Um, fasting and prayer, it unleashes or releases God's promises in our lives. And so we see uh, the Israelites, they fasted and they prayed and, uh, and God relented. Esther, she fasted. And she prayed, and she had the whole nation of Israel, and the Lord protected them from a gen genocide. David, he prayed, and he fasted, and God moved, and he called him a man after his own heart. Daniel, he fasted, and he prayed, and the angel spoke to him in a prophetic vision. The prophet Anna, she fasted, and she prayed regularly for Israel. And then she prophesied over Mary and, Mary and Joseph about Jesus, and she was able to see Jesus herself, Paul and Barnabas, they prayed and they fasted for guidance and direction. Jesus himself, he fasted and he saw great signs and wonders and miracles. So when we fast and we pray, we see God move in a mighty way. And so we want to see God move in a mighty way in 2022. We know that God is going to do great things in 2022. And if we all come together fasting and prayer, then we're going to see God do great things. It's like you're praying and you're, you're asking the Lord and you put fast over the top of that. It's like it, it, it just kind of boom, explodes your prayer. It, it does so much. There's so much more power in that because you're adding that to that. We even see that in the New Testament where the disciples, Jesus got his crew, his 12, and they're out doing ministry. And, and then they also all of a sudden they come to a place where they can't do what they're trying to do. And so they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, why can't we do this? What's, what's going on? Like we're doing and everything else why can't we do this and jesus says listen okay there's a faith issue here but you're going to need to fast this type of thing happens with fasting so fast and pray and watch out and it was it was amazing how the way that worked yeah. out in scripture yeah, yeah. It's, it's great and so another thing that fasting does to us is that it gives us spiritual endurance yeah. it helps us to be strong when things are not going right around us it gives us spiritual endurance to be able to withstand things in our lives. It gives us faith. It gives us courage. It gives us boldness. It gives us so much. There's so much that fasting can do 
for us. And I love that passage from uh, Ephesians. It says that I pray that out of his glorious riches, we may be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner man. And so fasting, what it does, it just gives us strength in our inner man. Absolutely. It's, it's, it builds endurance. You know, we want to be strong Christians, strong believers. You know, we don't want the devil to be able to blow on us and we fall over. You know, we don't want to just be tempted with one thing and there goes everything. You know, there goes, you know, you know all, the whole house, everything. But fasting will build that endurance. You will find yourself uh, not only closer to God, but you'll find yourself a stronger Christian. When attacks come from the enemy, and they'll come, don't worry, those temptations, they'll come, those things will come, but you're like, not today, Satan. Not today. I'm stronger. What I used to be tempted by, I'm not anymore. What I used to fall into, I just don't fall. I, I see it, I step right over it, and I keep going. Amen. You know. And so fasting will build that endurance. That's huge. I love that. Yes, yes. Amen, amen, amen. If we do it together and we stay together, praying and fasting and seeking the Lord, we're going to see great things. And we're I love that. It's God. the doing it together. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Can we give him a round of applause? Thank you. We'll take that with you there. And so we're getting ready to close here, and we're going to close with communion. But before we do that, um, uh, how can we start this year strong? How can we start the year in the Lord doing the right thing? Well, there's two things, two things I want to say to you. Number one is by knowing what God has already said. See, the words of God were not just for last year, but they were for to prepare you for what God has next. See, God pours in and pours in and pours in to build you stronger. It's all the training. It's all the discipling. It's all that goes in so that you can step into your next season and be strong in the Lord. See, we're stepping into this new year, into this new season. Things are going to come. Life's going to happen. I don't know what it is, but we're going to be strong in Jesus. No matter what happens, God has been preparing us for this moment. See, you think again of the athlete. This was all the push-ups. This was all the running. This was all the training so that we can step into this year and be ready to go. Satan's going to come with his attacks. We're going to say, not today. You know what? I've been preparing. God's been shaping me. God's been molding me. I know what I want. I desire to be in the presence of God. I desire to serve him. I desire to make my life about him. I want God's favor. I want God's open door. I want God's blessing. I want the good things of God in my life. I, I want to see my family in the Lord. I want to see my relationships healed. I want to I see my marriage good. I want to see, see my coworkers come to know the Lord. I, I, I want to see my, my life mad. I want to hear God say, good job, good and faithful servant. When you could have stepped away, when you could have sat down, when you could have came out of the game, when you could have made excuses, you stayed in. You started strong, you stayed strong, and you finished strong in the name of Jesus. How do we start strong? By knowing what God has already said, and he's been speaking. Secondly, by fasting and worship. That's what we're doing. And listen, maybe you're here this morning and you've never really fasted before. It's been kind of a challenge. You think, oh, I don't know, that's for them, that's not for me. I don't know how that, that really works. Listen, I'd encourage you. I'd encourage you to give it a try. There's some different options where you can do it for one week or you can do it for two weeks. Or you can do it for a month. Some of you say, hey, I'll, I'll do it with the pastors. We'll, we'll do three months. But wherever that is, begin 
Get to a place, try it out. Flex these spiritual muscles. Build spiritual endurance. And let God work in your life. And we're asking his blessing. We're asking his favor.